this is going to be an exciting day with our guest. Stepping to a new rhythm. Our guest, Patricia Albert, a spiritual teacher, founder and director of the Evolutionary Collective, and co-author of Mutual Awakening, Opening to a New Paradigm of Human Relatedness. Patricia draws back the curtains and says, who are we at our core? Is that a toughy question? (laughs) If so, how can we get to it? Well, we'll be checking this all out in just a moment. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, right now, Taz, everyone seems to be going through many ups and downs in their lives, and there are no doubt questioning what this internal vibration is within them that is signaling frustration. People are are unable to make out how to communicate these strange ups and downs, and not only to themselves, but to those around them. How can we handle all of this? And again, wow. Patricia said, who, yeah, who are we at our core? Who's the central you? And has always been there at your point of origination, where you your being, being starts, and that it would be wonderful to, to find out where our being starts. I know. Paula, isn't it interesting that Patricia's last name is All Bear? <laughs> it's like she has learned how to bear all of herself and then teach others. Wow. Okay. Well, Patricia speaks out a new kind of observation within the space of consciousness, one that allows participants to transform as they connect to their field. Just what does this look like? We'll be checking this out with Patricia. Patricia, uh, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I just uh, found out looking on your website that you're going to be coming at, uh, at the end of this month into our area, San Francisco Bay Area, and I was so excited to see that. Well, actually, I'm in San Francisco as we speak. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for the month. I rented a loft. I'm going to be moving here. You know, having two places, one in New York and one here. So I rented a loft for the month. So I get, get to be here. And it's, I'm having a blast. It's been just glorious. <laughs> oh, great. Great, great. Yeah. Well, can you explain to us um, exactly what is mutual awakening? Yeah, um, Mutual Awakening is, i do a little backtracking. Um, I've been a teacher for a very long time, so I've worked with over 150,000 people in the last 40 years and have done tons and tons of groups. And I've worked a lot with people's individual awakening. You know, so from, from cosmic, more spiritual, you know, kind of mystical awakenings to, you know, just, just personal healing and development and focus on creating a life, you know, that's wonderful and full and the rest of it. So about 10 years ago, what I realized was that as much as I love people and I, and I, you know, I'm very skilled in that area, I noticed that I was, I was less interested in working just on individuals, even individuals in a group. You know, when you're working in a group, it's still people's individual process. And, and I was kind of thinking, well, what, what else could there be? You know, I mean, if you're a spiritual teacher and you're working with people, you know, what else is there other than working on individuals or 
even individuals in their relationships, you know, there are people that take on, you know, that particular domain of human development. And what started to come through was that there's a new movement in consciousness. It's not just the new work that I'm doing, but um, 10 years from now, this will be a very prominent, you know, this will be the thing that people are paying attention to, is that there is the possibility of awakening in in a space together. So it's different than I'm over here, you're over there, and we're both awake within ourselves or fairly conscious within ourselves and we're relating. It's like we slip into something and we're inside a certain world together. And I'm sure everyone on the call, you know, if I'm explaining this halfway decently, um, has experienced that. You know, there are times when, you know, it might be with a lover or some moment with, you know, someone you really care about or maybe it was in a group, you know, where you're working really intensely creatively and all of a sudden you're kind of in the same atmosphere. You're in the same zone. Like you're seeing things and there's some kind of connectivity and flow that is so gorgeous and compelling and um, important. And so mutual awakening is instead of people working on their individual process, it's how, what do we pay attention to? You know, if the three of us are working together, what do we, how do we pay attention to the most potent, incredible consciousness that we can go into together so that we can not only, you know, have the benefit of the higher state of consciousness, but that we can create together, we can work together, we can love each other, you know, we can maybe flow and accomplish things in the world without so much divisiveness and, um, you know, all the irritants of being separate. Hmm. You know, Patricia, is this like a brain and body telepathic energy that goes between people? That's part of it. I mean, the, the thing that, you know, if you think about the new science, you know, the you know, the Newtonian science is what we're still living in the consciousness of. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where you guys are in San Francisco or the Bay Area, but you're... You're definitely not in this in this loft, right? So it looks like we're separate things in space, and there's distance between us, right? And right. if I want to come see you, I have to use force and energy to move my body through time and space in order to get to where you guys are. Okay. So mm-hmm. okay. the consciousness. Now that's still true on one level. You know, there's one level of consciousness where, you know, in the last whatever a couple hundred years, you know, we've really been inside that consciousness, we've discovered amazing things, we've created the modern world, and it's been really useful, but it's not the whole story. There's another place where when you, and, and I'm sure people know this who are listening, when you've been close to someone, like really close, you know, mothers and children have this, but, but other people do too, there's a way that you're not separate. Like you can feel them if you're open to that sort of psychic, intuitive place you know, all of a sudden something happens to someone you really love and, and all of a sudden you think of them like with a start. And you call them and you find out that something just happened. So there's a non-local quality to our connection. We're not really that separate. We can feel each other. You know, I mean, most people that have done a lot of work and they've developed their sort of empathetic connectivity, you know, you can you can read other people. You can sense people that aren't even that you never met. Yeah, but sometimes our, so our that, ego this, this, gets in. A, yeah, does our ego get in the way? 
Well, the ego is the separate self says. So there's something beyond, like you were saying at the beginning, you know, talking about this core essence. What's interesting, what I find interesting is that as you start to focus, as you, you know, as you go into a, let's say, you know, I, I do courses and stuff where I'll have people focusing on the space between us, you know, the space of how do we slip into this connectivity together? What activates it? What gets in the way? You know, how does, what ways of being separate, you know, do we have to sort of dissolve those membranes? And what happens is, interestingly, people become more seen at their core. Like there's this deep place where you are you. Like you know the people that really love you see you. They, they just get you. They just know who you are in some way that they can't even explain. And that place in you is never separate. So the stronger that gets, the louder that gets, the more vivified it gets by other people, by practices and things where you're seen deeply, then the the ego, which is usually, you know, the ego is made mostly out of defensiveness um, because we're not seen. You know, on some deep level we weren't seen and we weren't really supported as the depth of who we are. That That starts to relax. And so the ways in which you sort of proven to yourself who you are and you sort of defined yourself and you've, you know, created some kind of persona, the persona part starts to let go a bit so that the, the true essence, you know, the radiant, definitive clarity of who you are, you know, begins to, sh- to shine. I, I was just on the phone with, um, before I called you guys, there's a woman named Marge Britt who is a senior minister in the Unity in Unity Church and developed a beautiful church in Tustin, uh, um, California, and uh, turned it over to another woman in Caroline. And we were on the phone, and we were talking about a person who's um, going to be coming to the course that I'm doing here, the three-day in San Francisco um, in September. And so and when I, I said to her, I said, God, I said, that woman, because I met her and I worked with her a little, I said, she's like this planet. She's like, you know, when you, when you tune into her essence, She's like this beautiful, round planet that has this incredible gravitational pull. Like you just feel pulled into her orbit. And she's so loving and like full of light. It's, she's amazing. And then, and then I don't know why I did it, but I, I, I was talking to, I said to Marge, I said, I said, you, you're not like a planet. You're different. You're, you're more like a galaxy. She's like all these swirling things that kind of mix together and move and flow and, it, she's an entirely different core essence. It's like, like who she really is is completely distinct. And that's true for all of us. So I don't so, know if that helped or made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you begin this journey? I mean, how did you start to do this work? Um, well, as I said, I, when I was... Uh, 18 years old, I, I met a man named Warner Earhart, who I'm sure if you're in the Bay Area, you know what Est is and Landmark. Yeah. Uh-huh. I right? You're one familiar. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be familiar with that, right, living here. Yes. And um, that was an Everybody in my group went to Est. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably, right? <laughs> so back in Patricia, 19- Patricia, yeah. you're going yeah. in and out on your phone. I, I don't know. Um, could you please just make sure you talk directly into the speaker or something? Yeah. I, I am. I've got it right next to my mouth. It's a cell phone, unfortunately, because this isn't my normal home. 
so I will yeah. keep it close to my mouth. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's okay. Thank okay. you. Uh, so anyway, so I, I worked with Werner before it was at. So I met him, and I was one of the first 30 people to ever take whatever he was teaching at the time. And I asked him for a job, and he was kind enough to, you know, hire me, this 18-year-old hippie. And um, I ended up working for him for 12 years and was uh, one of the leaders and led, you know, led groups up to, you know, a couple thousand people um, for every night of the week for 12 years. So I learned a lot about transformation and, you know, groups and people and, you know, even if I, I used to joke, I, this was before Malcolm Gladwell wrote his book about the 10,000 hours, that it takes 10,000 hours to master something. Because I used to think, even if you're an idiot, you know, if you get to work with thousands and thousands and thousands of people every night of the week, you, you learn. I mean, you really learn how to master a certain domain of um, being with people. And so for me, I did that um, for a long time, and then I retired and, and uh, gave birth to my son. Uh, who's now 33, and then continued to work um, in more spiritual, more mystical and spiritual, you know, different kinds of schools and kept teaching people and working with people. And as I said, um, you know, about 10 years ago, the desire to work post-personally, you know, that how do you work with people beyond their personal issues and their, you know, their desire to awaken um, came online, and and before that, about ten years before that, I was with a man I fell deeply in love with a German mystic, um, a beautiful German man who was eight years younger, and I didn't even take him quite seriously at the beginning. I just thought, you know, he was gorgeous, and I was single at the time, and um, and I started to fall in love with him. And then what happened was extraordinary. I mean, we fell in love in such a profound way and his desire, his his absolute irrevocable commitment to being present in the depths of who he was and my capacity obviously as a teacher, you know, I had a certain ability to kind of give myself to to things fully. Um we ended up being for 4 years together in this heightened intense kind of presence and connectivity, like we were inside each other and aware of what was happening between us 24-7. And by turning towards the moment and turning towards the intensity of, of what was unfolding, we somehow gave permission to existence. You know, there was a, there's a force of dynamism in, in existence called Eros that really will transform you like nothing else. It is unbelievable. And we were somehow caught in the vortex of that, of that. And I was shown, and we were awakened together. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Still okay. All right. So yes. we 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 awakened in ways that I had never. I mean, it was un, it was kind of like there were times when I would walk around and I'd think, does anybody know that it's possible to live inside this kind of awakened reality that we were sharing was just unbelievable. And so when he died, he died um, at the end of the four years, which was horrible, um, and I was left recovering for many years. And about 10 years ago, when I realized that I wanted to work in a different way, the realization of what I had shared with Peter and struggled so hard to be on the planet without the shared consciousness, I realized that 
it was time for people to be able to share in that kind of awakening together with wow. the internet. Yeah, so that was that's the source of this one. How do you lift a veil like that so that, I mean, consciously lift a veil so that you can interweave with people like that on a regular basis? I mean, is there a technique to be able to to open that door? Was that given to you during this period of time that you could that you can really open that door for others? Yes, actually, yes. So, I mean, the thing that that I'm so grateful for is that um, it became clear to me, because I was a teacher, so you have to remember, I was a teacher before I fell in love with him, so I also could be aware of, like, well, what was actually happening between us? I was, I was awake to it. I wasn't just sort of, like, being taken over <laughs> without, you know, I, I, I can't not see what's happening, you know, even if I want to. So I was aware that there were eight different, like like I looked at it later, um, these activating principles. There's ways of turning towards one another. That when you're deepening into those ways, that the space opens up. You fall through the portal. And there are practices that we do, that I do in the evolutionary collective work and in this mutual awakening work. You know, there are different places where I'm, you know, working with people in different ways. And it is reliable. It's amazing. I mean, if people are willing to, to turn towards each other the way I ask and they're willing to really engage, they, we fall through the rabbit hole. It's amazing. And it's the time. The other thing is I realized when I was with Peter, I was meant to experience the beloved, you know, the power of the beloved um, personally and, and, and in a way that was just with, with the other. Now it's the time of the multiple beloveds. It's the time for us as human beings to know how to begin to open up, open ourselves up so that our consciousness is really connected. I mean, isn't that what's missing in the world? Yes. Well, Patricia, when I was reading your material, um, I do intuitive readings, and uh-huh. I go into that space when I'm doing an intuitive reading. I just go into that space. And I'm with the other person, and I feel the, feel the love of the other person. But I have trained myself to get out of the space when it's done. And I'm thinking, when I was reading your material, I've been really missing out. I mean, I can do it, and I just kind of train myself to 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 get out of it. <laughs> so interesting. Um, it's for people like so someone like you who you know how to open yourself in that way. It's really for, the, here's the difference is, instead of it being a one-way street, this is based on mutuality. Okay. So, so you're turning towards me with that capacity and my turning towards you with that capacity, and then we're like giving ourselves to something larger. It's unbelievably explosive, and it takes us, beyond where we've ever been before. Normally, you're with people that don't have that capacity. So when you ignite that capacity, does that all automatically give the other person's intuitive telepathic range um, permission to do likewise? Yeah, it does, actually. I mean, everyone has, you know, in the work itself, in the way that I'm working with people, you know, we have, like, guys from Wall Street, right? You know, I did this work in New York and San Francisco. 
and they're the most there's some of them seem so unlikely that they could you know that they could penetrate beyond the membrane of feeling separate and given the exercises and given the you know the willingness and the intent i mean they are mind-blowingly capable of breaking the sound barrier of where we think we're separate and obviously someone like you who's highly developed in that area, you know, your you your capacity, especially if you meet with someone else who's who's equally capable, you know, not just learning. It right. you can you can start to be taken to places. So if you and I were like connecting, connecting and you know, I have a pretty highly developed ability there and you do, then if we keep surrendering and opening to one another and opening that particular part of our, our being then, then you know, the way I see it, it's like then we get to go somewhere new that we've never been before, which is kind of awesome and exciting. But then if we keep surrendering, like existence itself starts to be able to take us because we have capacity into new territory that it hasn't had a chance to go into because human beings weren't ready, weren't capable of it. Well, it makes a third being. <laughs> I mean, when two right. come but together and... If you think about emergence, everybody talking about emergence and what's new and stuff, how does emergence, how does existence, you know, if there's a God, how does God get to go where God's never been before? And it <laughs> right. depends on us being capable, number one. Number two, two people activating. It's almost like you're making a baby. You know, you're activating something together, and then you're open to be taken where no one's ever been before. And I know Peter and I, there were times when it was just our own edge. And then there were times where I thought, we're in a completely new territory. Like we're experiencing something humans haven't experienced before. And that to me is like the greatest joy. You must have felt incredible, incredibly yeah. blissful and, and during that time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Was, so was, are you? It was a big sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, Patricia, with um, with what you're doing, and uh, for instance, you you teach on a level where there's many people in the room, right? And and so we're looking at a community aspect of interweaving. Have you experienced that? Um, you know, you yourself can open yourself up to be available, right. like I do, uh, as well to those around me. But does that, uh, does again, does that influence those out there to want to make that jump as well? And, um, and I mean, because I, I, like you, think that's where we're going, you know. Um, so the boundaries here um I guess it's, mm. it's unconditional love type of stuff, right? Well, yeah. I mean, here's the other thing. that The consciousness that needs to be developed, and I think when consciousness is developing, you need a container for it. So the container that this is, you know, one of the things that, that I'm doing is, um, it, and it's, this is a container of mutuality. So it, it matters who's in the room. So it's not a one-room schoolhouse. It's not a place where, you know, the way that I'm working, I'm working with people that have done a fair amount of work on themselves. You know, they can disidentify. They can get a sense of who they are. They can see parts of their shadow. You know, that isn't like a brand-new language for them. 
So it's people that are in the room that are, you know, have a sense of their own boundaries. You know, there's there's a part of one's development where you have to know who you are and you have to know what your boundaries are and what you will allow and what you won't allow and, you know, what you need and, and all of that stuff. It's actually incredibly, incredibly important, um, you know, and continues to be. But in the in the deeper work that I do, I mean, I'll do an evening where people get to explore and experiment with this, but then there's a three-day I'm doing, as you said, at the end of September here, uh, the 26th to the 28th, and the three-day is a deep exploration into exactly where is this consciousness? Like, where do we go to go to the most powerful expression of this consciousness, and how does that actually work? And and there, you kind of let go of your boundaries. So you learn how to be, to float your consciousness a bit more, to be more fluid, to not have it be so focused in a particular way, to learn how to open your focus so that you can be drawn to paying attention to the things that are being sort of orchestrated by something larger. So it's like the, the difference between, you know, we were all jazz players, you know, and you're a trumpetist and, you know, I'm playing... I don't know what they play, saxophone. Um, you know, in the first level of of learning how to grow, you know, you learn how to play your instrument well. And that's, you know, that's been the last 40 years, at least the work, you know, that I've been paying attention to. And there's so many great people teaching people how to play their their instrument. Then when we get together, the, what, what I'm teaching is, is, is jazz. It's like then we get together, we have to let go of focusing on playing my instrument, and that's where we have to connect and let ourselves be played. And then you don't know who's playing. Uh Uh-huh. Because the melody melody actually is formed in a mutual community Mm -hmm. to move wherever it needs to move. Totally. Totally. And that you work with Say that again, sorry. You go into uh, work with teams, I mean, like in office teams and um, maybe even sporting no, teams? No, I, I don't actually. I have no particular. I mean, what I'm interested in is working with, I have lots of leaders and teachers and corporate consultants and, you know, we have a Catholic nun in the group in New York. I mean, we have people that are are capable of making the translation. So what I want to do is purest version of this. You know, it's kind of like the purest experiment of what's possible in this domain. And then the people that are in the groups are taking the pieces that are appropriate and they're making the translation in their own way. And and I'm completely for that. So eventually it's going to create a, a new paradigm. Well, that's the commitment. I mean, the thing is, yeah. it's not... It's the first time, like... I never knew, when I was part of the paradigm of helping to bring forth individual, you know, transformation, I didn't know I was participating in a new paradigm, but I was, you know, starting in the 70s. This time I know. I know that this is a new paradigm. It's a paradigm of unity consciousness. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh calls it interbeing. And this is what people are going to be paying attention to. It's very nascent. It's very, 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 barely here right now but it will be i think quickly you know it's so much what the what existence needs and 
you know, the, the zip cars and, you know, the people are discovering collectivity all over the place. We need the, those of us, you know, who want to experiment with the consciousness that matches all of that. That's, that's where I see the, the, the new world of consciousness and that new paradigm that developed in, the, in our awareness. Yeah, a fine attunement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I and, and I so many. I I I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. I find too that the people that are the most ready for what I'm doing, you know, they've worked on themselves and they've done stuff, and they don't really want to do a lot of courses and stuff anymore. They're kind of over it, and yeah, uh-huh. and they exactly. and they love people. They love people, but they also find that the level of relating that they do, even with other conscious people, is just not that satisfied. So they end up being alone a lot. And this answers that, this is, this is, you know, the next paradigm always answers the, the sort of pain of the last one. And when people fall into this and you see these teachers and, you know, just different people that are just ready, they are so turned on. They're so excited to be together in this new way and to really be asked to give themselves fully because usually you're always asked to learn stuff. And I think a lot of people don't want to, you know, not that we don't want to learn. I love learning. But I want to, I somehow want to be evoked. You know, I want to be invited so that I can discover what's possible, not just learn about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you speak about the inability to compromise about what really matters in your life. And I just love that. That is so, um, over (laughs) the last couple of months, I think I've gotten to that point where, I, I'm going, oh, my gosh, you know, I never really, you know, you you think about you want to really make things work and everything, but there's a point in your life where, like, there is no compromise on this. You have you have a higher intent, and you really want yeah. to go for that, you know? Totally. And that's part of the consciousness, part of the specificity of your as you become more and more individuated in a true way, which which I can totally get that you are, that then you sort of go, uh, uh, you know, am I going to be completely alone if I'm totally myself? <laughs> yeah. Is that going to work? Is that going to work at all? Am I going to even have a job? Um, but what what we're finding is by sort of banding together <laughs> um, with this level of real commitment to what's real and to not compromising, that some new space is opening up, and my life has gotten so full, it's so in flow in a way that I never could have intended, created, focused on, gotten coached into. I mean, it's so far beyond anything I could have done in the other paradigm. Wow. I could just see creativity popping out all over. I mean, if you allow this, you know, this flow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. your your creativity converges into somebody else's creativity, creating something much bigger. Right. Well, if you think about it, we're designed for this. I mean, if you just think it on the most basic physical level, to a man and a woman come together and they make a baby. Love and creativity, right? On the, on a human physical level. Right. It's the same thing right. at the highest level. You know, to to be told that you're supposed to be enlightened by yourself is not the highest expression of creativity. It can't be. Because the two, when we come together 
in a in a mystical in we mysticism, we are giving birth to worlds. We're giving birth together to something so much greater. And it's you know what Peter and I shared was was so glorious. And neither one of us were enlightened by ourselves. You know, I mean, something was being given that was bigger than the both of us, and it didn't depend on the completely ascent descent model. Uh, you have to be completely enlightened. And then you can, you know, come into the world and, I don't know, embody something. And then maybe eventually you can relate to people. I don't, I don't buy that at all. You know, when, as, you're, as you're talking, um, um, I'm in a dream group, a women's dream group. And uh-huh. it's twice a month. And we get this feeling when we're together, we merge all together. I mean, we just completely merge and that's the most wonderful. And when I leave that group, being merged with all of them, I feel so uplifted. And I, it's just the perfect example of yeah. merging together totally. and with un- right. unconditional love. Yeah, totally. How beautiful. Yeah. Patricia, yeah. you have a new book that you're popping in with um, that you're currently writing, We Evolution. We Evolution. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, actually, I'll, I'll just mention both of them. One, just for your listeners, there's a, the, the Mutual Awakening book, which is a 77-page illustrated um, e-book. It's free. So if they want to, you know, kind of get their hands around this a little bit more, they can just go to mutual-awakening.com and they can download it for free. And they'll also get a six-week free e-course that takes them deeper into the, the principles and the work in the book. And that's there. So it's just mutual-awakening.com. Um, the new book, which I'm almost done with, I'm, you know, I'm at that 95% finish, um, and it will be done by, you know, in another four weeks, is called Revolution, Unleashing the transformative power of relating, and that will be going into the eight principles, these eight activating principles in a very deep way. Each chapter is based on that, and um, and then the last chapter has to do with perfect relating and the significance of this sort of quality of becoming a sommelier, you know, like instead of wine, you become so sensitized to the the flavors and the dance of of this inner subjective, you know, the, of what's happening moment to moment. And when you're with other people that have that as well, it's, it's very rich. And it has a lot of, like you said, a lot of creativity. It's, that's a new book. Mm-hmm. And I it, think, it'll be out I think, like in June. Yeah. Well, I think it's completely incredible that you have the e-book free on your website. I mean, just out there for people. Have you gotten any feedback from it? Tons. We've had thousands of people download it um, and go through the entire e-course. And I I, I feel good about it. Um, Jeff Carrera, who's my teaching partner in New York, and I wrote it. And it's a beautiful, um, it looks beautiful. And, you know, we we had my story with Peter and and Jeff's story. He he had an awakening experience um, with a group, with a collective, and then the perspectives around this. So, yeah, we want to get the word out because no one, there aren't any other books about this. You know, there's millions of books about how to work on yourself, but um, this is, like I said, this is a very, very, very new territory, and um, 
so we're, you know, trying to help facilitate people's understanding. Wow, that's just yeah. wonderful. And there's, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because you guys are in the Bay Area, is I also find, you know, there are parts of the world where I would sound like I was mumbling the whole time, like they wouldn't understand what I was saying at all. But here, you know, there's so many thousands of people, you know, possibly millions at this point, who have really given themselves to their own work, you know, to really becoming awake, becoming sensitive, you know, confronting the parts of ourselves that are difficult, um, being there for other people. I mean, we've really gone, we've given ourselves to that. And so, you know, I'm, I want those people to be able to hear that there's actually something that's next. Yeah, there's something, the next step. Yeah, completely. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, because in the Bay Area, actually, it's hard to get any classes uh, going because everybody's taking all these classes and they say, no more, <laughs> you know. But yours is, the, right. you know, the next, yours is the next step. Well, that's, it was interesting. I didn't want to come here and teach. You know, it's like, to me, in my mind, it was like, because I used to live in Italy, it'd be like, why open up another restaurant in Italy? You know, there's, <laughs> Fabulous restaurants everywhere, like who cares? But when I came here, I was coming here to actually finish working on a certain part of the book, um, and the woman that I was working with is is living here, and she's helping me, you know, construct it and give it shape and stuff. And uh, and so two people offered to do evenings for me, and so they put them together, and, you know, 35, 40 people came, and I was so blown away because I was so not interested in teaching here and because I didn't want to be yet another, you know, another another thing that, that people, you know, could, could do. And what I was responded to, the people were so beautiful. They were so hungry and they were so uh, respectful and appreciative of what this opportunity was that I'm literally, you know, I, I haven't lived here since the 70s. I'm going to have my second home here. So that's <laughs> how impressed I was. I mean, the people are so... And like I said something, I was teaching that, you know, I was working with everyone and directing them in a certain way, and I made this tiny adjustment. You know, as a teacher, I just sort of went, you know, like go a little bit left. And it was like flying an incredibly well-built plane. Like all of a sudden they just they just swerved to the left, and I thought, wow, these guys are amazing. I am so excited about working with them. <laughs> well, you know, um, on your on your website you have one comment that just, has uh, engulfed my vision at the present time. Uh-huh. It, says, it says, discover a way to respond authentically to everything without ever needing to step outside of our commitments to each other. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah, that's one of the, so in the three-day, you know, one of the, what I say is there are vectors. Like if you want to find a facing consciousness. You have to have, you know, distance from the floor, distance from the wall, distance from the ceiling, and then you can find one point, right? We have seven yeah. vectors. There are seven different vectors that I work with and really take people totally into the experience in the three days and into where this consciousness is. And one of the vectors um, has to do with this being on the inside, mm-hmm. and it has to do with a level of commitment I mean, commitment, everybody has sort of a mixed relationship with commitment. Um, 
what real commitment is, is when you're totally committed to something, you become it. So there's no longer any separation between you and what you're actually committed to. It's a full embodiment of something. And when you are in, when you're committed to this level of consciousness, one of the things that you agree to, to discover is how do we stay, like, so if you and I are friends, and I get upset with you about something or I'm worried about something or I don't like something that you did or I feel offended or, you know, there's various things that happen to us as human beings. If I'm committed to staying, on the, to staying connected to you and to trying to develop this level of consciousness with you as fully as possible, then my commitment is to stay inside our relationship. So I would come to you and instead of, jumping out of the relationship and either not letting you know how I feel <laughs> or, or, you know, sort of distancing myself or pointing at you, stepping on the outside of the relationship and pointing to you like you're the one who's done something, you know, that doesn't work. I would, my commitment is to stay inside together. So I'm with you and I am inside our connection and we have not separated. And inside there, from that place, I share with you whatever's happening for me, not even knowing if it's you or me or some projection or something that, that's there for us. You know, I'm willing to offer it up as a way of, of our deepening, um, you know, as a way of our, our relatedness of how it can grow. Yeah, that's encouraging for for being able to feel this coordination of of evolving together and moving uh, in a sync manner, you know, realizing yes. that you both want to go in the same direction. That's really powerful. Right, and everything is included. I mean, one of the things that Peter was so gorgeous about was he, we didn't have to, like, pretend anything, um, I remember I tell a, a, a story in the new book, you know, when I'm writing now, where, you know, we're in New York and we're going grocery shopping and we're totally in love, you know, we're like happy and kissing and, you know, that whole thing. And then we go into this grocery store and we were sort of like, you know, having fun in the aisles and, and then we get to the checkout counter and um, there was a woman in front of me and we're waiting and I could feel his energy shift and I felt it shift because we were so in tune. And we checked out, and then we walked outside, and I said to him, I said, what happened? I said, I felt, you know, I could feel it slightly change. And he looked at me, and he goes, you know, the woman in front of you was definitely European. She dresses just like a European. And he says, you always dress like an American. And I, and I got it, you know. And I looked at him, and I said, you're right. I do dress like an American. <laughs> and then he laughed, and he just came up, and he threw his arms around me, and he kissed me. And I could feel the whole energy open up again. And that is such a, a nothing. You know, that is the slightest, yeah. stupidest thing, right? But we were that much in a dance with each other, and the invitation was always to stay on the inside so that nothing was, you know, there wasn't a little, a tiny judgment or a thought or whatever it was that could displace the, the, the closeness, you know, the place where we were touching. Well, when you when you bring that up, you know, I feel... a sometimes a shift of energy from someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it leaves me, you know, questioning, well, 
it might it, I'm making it bigger than it really is. And your example is exactly that. If you had let that go on without questioning, you could have, uh, you know, had this vision that was bigger than what it was. It was actually a very small shift, and you questioned it, and, and it was cleared. Yeah. Well, the thing was, it wasn't what we realized in a higher order of relating, in a new paradigm, like in a paradigm that I want to live in, you know, with other human beings, then everything, it's just to stay close. Because the truth was at that moment, it wasn't even like a problem in the relationship, but he was a little bit gone. Yeah. He felt separate because he probably thought it wasn't okay to have that judgment. Woo! <laughs> and so in that moment, he kind of pulled himself back. And so it didn't matter what the content was. It mattered that we stayed together. Yeah. And it didn't matter that he doesn't like, you know, he liked the way she dressed better. Fine, you know. It, but it could be a big thing. It could be a concern about something that's really important. But if we don't stay close, if we don't stay inside together, then the, then the inner subjective awakening, the awakened space of connectivity immediately pops and you go back to being separate bubbles. Wow. And that's, yes. uh, that's, that's what we're discovering as a group. You have like 50 people and we're discovering and they have small groups that they work with and we're discovering like just as humans, like we're at, it's like an experiment. What is the bubble? What is the separateness? What part, what part of separateness is totally unnecessary? Because the individuation is there. The, the distinctness, like you were saying, the, the, less you're, the less compromising you are in who you really are is what will move you through your life and give you everything. You don't need the weird little ways we separate your, ourselves, which are more egoic. And that's what yeah. we're discovering together. How do we do that together as a group? Um, and it's exciting to find out how to make that space safer and clearer and more vivid. You know, people not gossiping about each other or right. holding, you know, and, and consciously wanting to create a safe space. That I want to be safe for you and you for me. Mm-hmm. You are, of, I have another. Go ahead, yeah. Paula. I have, a, I have a question. Um, you mentioned boundaries. So when you go into this bubble, there are no boundaries. Um, some people may come into this bubble with, a, you know, drama. Now, how do you work with that? You just say. Well, they don't. The truth is, when, when I do the three-day, I make it uh-huh. hard enough, not too hard, but hard enough, for people to um, find their way into the three days, okay? And mm-hmm. usually, and then the three days are prerequisite for if they want to do the year-long course, so there's a, there's a year-long um, that has four three-day weekends, you know, every three months, and it's a commitment for a year. And so the three days are prerequisite, and, and through the three-day, I get to experience who they are, they get to experience the level of, the frequency of this consciousness, and it becomes really clear if it's the right place for them to be or not. We've only had a few people for whom it really wasn't the right place for them. You know, just they needed to be working on something else or there's something, there was something else in their life that really was more at the core, at the center. 
But so by the time we start the year long, you have a pretty refined group of people that know how to self-regulate. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Yeah, if you have people that don't know how to self-regulate, that's a very different thing. So, you know, this is one of the vectors is who's in the room. I mean, you have to really have the right people there for the right reason. Yeah. Yeah. And we Patricia, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it filters it, it filters itself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patricia, you have a um, also. You're talking about working with emergence, and the comment is: discover a new way of being in the world that replaces manipulation and control with attunement and surrender. Yeah, that is yeah, really. Well, That's that's that really good, really right? That would be helpful. <laughs> I mean, this way of relating, this attuned way of relating where you're, you know, it's like your hands are staying close, like your fingers are touching. So no one is trying to, you know, most relatedness is I want something from you or you don't want something from me and you're making decisions and you're making, you know, deciding what you do or don't want or what you are or not willing and this is really different. This is a kind of turning towards each other and learning how to be awake to that and discovering that when you do that, there's a, like I was saying, that Eros, this, this dynamism, this evolutionary dynamic energy that's always present when you're not, when you're paying attention. When you pay attention to that together, then whatever is supposed to happen in the relationship will actually happen. And it's really nobody's, no one's then in control. Because not every relationship, every relationship, every relationship has a different, different possibility, different dance, a different reason for being activated or not, for being close or not. You know, it's not really up to us. Yeah, if people that are taking your course, um, do you find some people surprised at who they really are? when they finally touch the core of their own essence? I mean... I don't know if you're surprised that they're so happy to finally have it be deeply invited. I mean, one of the... the, Yeah, I mean, there's a deep invitation because mostly people sort of know their core. You know, I mean, it's usually a little bit hidden. It's kind of shy often. It's like way, way deep back. And... um, I think when you're really seen, really deeply seen, not just by one person, but by a number of people, you know, by many, and it's reflected and it's invited and it's wanted and it's even demanded. It's almost like, no, I mean, Peter demanded that who I am show up. Like if I was sort of being halfway there, he'd be like, excuse me? You know, he would just grab me and I would have to be like fully there instead of sort of half there. Um I think that it's a relief. I think it's a pure, it's a joy to finally have who you are here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, most of the time nobody wants all, you know, how many times have you been told that you're too much? (laughs) Or not enough? Or some version of that nonsense, you know, is, it's just awful. You know, I mean, and this is, so I'm sort of the, the antidote for, 
for that, you know, is creating a world where every, you know, who you are is invited so deeply that it starts to live as you. That's so wonderful. Now, this is going to be a strange question, Patricia, but do you, are, you able, are you able to communicate with Peter? Yeah, no, that's not a strange question, not for me. Um, he's, first of all, he, he's, he, he's never left. I mean, he's, he is, he's transcended in, in the way he's supposed to, but um, one of the things that's very clear about this consciousness is that it also is, in, you know, that the, the veils are thin. And uh, he's really happy about this. Mm-hmm. He is so happy about this being in the world and that his that he's contributing to it. <laughs> he has to oh, get it hair. off. My hairs are uh, standing up on <laughs> my arms. So. Yeah. Because I I felt like he was here during the interview. Yeah, wow. totally. Yeah, yeah. Because I it's it's because I couldn't make sense of why I lost him for so long. It was I was it was such a it was horrible for me and and I think he was patient because I think he knew that eventually there was something there there was this time coming. And now's the time for this. I mean, I feel like this is my opus, you know, as far as a teacher. And this is why I was put on the planet. Was You know, so. interesting, uh, Patricia, I get the feeling that maybe him being on the other side um, allows you to have more um, in-depth to be able to give to the people on the planet at this time. And so he's there kind of helping you to pioneer <laughs> this edge further. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm yeah. getting. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have looked as hard because I was so happy being lost and where we were. Yeah. You know, rightfully so. Um I I think I think the whole thing was designed in a certain way. But yeah, he's he's happy and he's just his contribution is he's just this gorgeous being. So and you can feel him, in the, you know, the, the, this depth of consciousness and it, the beauty was almost unbearable with him. It was so beautiful. That's why it was so brutal when it when it was gone. And I feel that again. I feel so happy to just be with people and teach and and watch people awaken to this. It's just a joy. And I just wanted to say one thing before we. I know we're gonna end soon. Is um, in the Bay Area. Maybe you guys will come up. You know, I'll send you an invite. On October 1st in Berkeley, um, there's going to be a three-hour evening where I'll take people into this consciousness, and the people that have just finished the three-day will be there as well. So um, if anybody lives in the Bay Area, um, it would be a wonderful place to come and explore. Okay, and, and you can find it on your website? Oops. Yeah, the website is evolutioncollective.com. If they sign up, if they get the book... Um, and they put the state that they live in, I will definitely let them know, and they'll get an invite to it. So mutualawakening.com, and just make sure you put down California, and I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> and so the website is evolutionarycollective.com? Yeah. Uh, 
Patricia, you know what, this is yeah. so exciting. Thank you for bringing this forth. Thank Peter from the other thank side. You for, thank you for bringing us into your bubble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here, too, that you're um, in the Bay Area and that you're doing what you're doing. I mean, it's just everything is helping to to do what we know we want to have happen on the planet, to bring more unity, more love, and, and a way that we can actually be together that that works. Well, thank you for uh, yeah. going so deep into this work and helping others. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for uh, being with us today. Yeah. And so we should tell everybody Patricia's last name. We have announced <laughs> <laughs> it. Albert. 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 It's uh, French. It's Patricia Albert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patricia Albert. Albert. We get so involved with our uh, our conversations, we forget to tell our listeners who they're who we're talking with. So, oh, okay. thank you, thank you yeah. again. Thank yes, you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Many blessings. Bye.